From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. Uh, it has been a quite a little time since we have um, gathered around the table here, uh, but we are back and back with a vengeance. Uh, we've taken some time away for uh, various reasons, um, things going on with the ministry, been doing some updates here in the studio, um, the holidays, and just uh, transitioning, a lot of things going on. Uh, but uh, we, we took a break, but um, not in the lazy sense of the word. We've been preparing some uh, some topics of conversation, some materials and resources that we hope will be a great blessing to you as we jump back into uh, this new series of The Revealing uh, in this new year. I am here once again with my my good friends and brothers, uh, Frank Salvaggio and Chris Wing. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing yes. good. Glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a while. It's been a minute. Yes. So um, we are all glad to be here. We hope you are are glad to be listening once again. Um, so we do welcome you back and are excited to share uh, what we have going on. Uh, in just a few moments, we're going to jump into that. Uh, but before we do, uh, we do want to um, make mention of a, a prayer request that we have here mm-hmm. uh, at One Jacks Productions. Um in Jacksonville, Florida, we are part of a, a ministry, a, a church called One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, as you probably know. And uh, we have a couple of sister churches. One of them is in Douglasville, Georgia, uh, where Pastor Billy Wood uh, is, is pastoring there along with um, his associate pastor, Mark Trotter. And um, there are many of those who are listening uh, to us who may be familiar with with that name. And if so, um, I know that you are blessed by knowing his name. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, as if you know his name, then you know that he is uh, dealing with some health issues right now, uh, has recently undergone some pretty intensive uh, invasive surgery um, and to try to take care of some tumors and whatnot. Um, and uh, he is in the recovery process. And so we have been uh, here in Jacksonville, uh, up in Douglasville, and honestly, I mean, Stalins. all across Stalins, North Carolina, and then all across the country, you know, and, and then I know he has a ministry in um, Malawi. And so across the world, uh, people are praying for this man. And yeah. so we want to solicit um, and and uh, ask for your prayers uh, to partner with us, uh, whether you know this man or not. Um, if not, um, jump on Facebook and find his name, Google his name, and um, you'll be able to find the ministry of One Baptist, Douglasville, uh, Word Strong, different things like that. But um, we do want to ask that you pray uh, with us and praying for him, uh, for his wife, Sherry. Uh, he has uh, two grown children and, and grandchildren and, and just friends and family all over that love him. So uh, we're praying for him. Yep. Um, so, Mark, if you're listening, uh, we, we're praying for you, brother. And um, we thank love you, you for that. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and so uh, with that, uh, we are going to be moving into... Um, a, a new series, maybe uh, the next three episodes or so, I think is kind of the idea. Um, here in Jacksonville at One Baptist, we are going through, uh, just started a series on the book of Ephesians. Um, we've actually put out a few of, of our sermons um, in lieu of these episodes. So if you've been tracking with us, uh, we've put a, a two or three of those out or so that we've done so far just to, um, number one, help us to kind of bridge this transition as we prepare this material. 
but also to prepare you. If you're tracking with us, then hopefully you've heard uh, Pastor Frank, who has been preaching through uh, just some introductory uh, remarks uh, of the book of Ephesians. And so if you've heard that, then you've heard what we've heard, and you're kind of caught up to speed with us. Um, We have a workbook, uh, a resource that we have uh, published um, at One Baptist, and uh, I've even had some people via Facebook reach out to me and um, ask for that. And so uh, we've been able to extend that electronically to those individuals. And so whether you are local or not, um, hey, please reach out to us. Uh, you can visit our website at onebaptistjacks.world. Uh, you can find us, uh, The Revealing, or any three of us, um, Frank Savaggio, Chris Wing, uh, and myself, Robert Engel. Uh, you can find us all on Facebook, and we would love to connect you, uh, get you connected anyway with these resources, and and all of our messages are, are streamed live via Facebook, and then um, uh, put up on our website as recordings. Uh, we we have a new YouTube page, uh, One Baptist Church, and uh, we're gonna I'll have started putting those those messages up there as well. So just trying to get it out for you in any way possible. Utilize the resources we have here in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so so listen, again, if you are interested at all uh, in what you've heard in the last few episodes as far as the, the sermons that we put out, or if you're interested based on what we're talking about today over the next few weeks, then uh, we would love to, to hear from you and, and get you connected in any way possible. Um, I know that would be uh, a blessing to us to have you join us in, in this endeavor. Uh, but Without further ado, we are uh, doing a, a series on the book of Ephesians, and and so I think what we're going to do is um, just you know get some introduction uh, under our belt here for the first few minutes, and and then I think we maybe just want to take a couple chapters per episode uh, thereabouts, and and this is really just um, a cursory uh, survey, so to speak, an overview, uh, taking some high points, some bullet points maybe, and just trying to wrap our minds somewhat around the book of Ephesians, um, our study, um, at our church here in Jacksonville, uh, it is quite exhaustive. Um, we're taking, um, quite some time. We're going to carve out a lot of time to, to really dive deep. And so again, uh, this is not the platform for that, but if you're interested and want to know more, we encourage you to check us out there. Uh, but let, let's jump into this um, because, you know, we say it at church, guys, that um, the book of Ephesians, you know, I mean, there, there may not be like, we don't play favorites when it comes to to the Bible, the books of the Bible, or this this book is more inspired, or whatever. You know, we don't do that. We don't believe that. Uh, but there are certain books. I know for you, Pastor Frank, you know your heart is uh, prophecy, and so you're partial to Revelation. You're partial to Daniel. Um, partial to Leviticus. We've done a series there, and and I'm um, just uh, how devotionally speaking and prophetically speaking, that book is just so powerful. Um, but the Book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to um, understanding um, the church, uh, the body of Christ, um, and the local church as well, um, there may not be a better book in the Word of God as far as that is concerned. And so what I'd like to do is, um, you know, before we get into the first couple of chapters here in this episode, uh, maybe um, since you've been preaching and kind of leading us through on Sunday mornings, uh, some introduction and, and some some things that we need to you know, what can we, going into this conversation today, you know, the next couple of weeks, what should we grab onto? What do we need to know um, as we move forward uh, in this study uh, to help us rightly divide and rightly apply? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Pastor Robert. You know, <clears throat> Ephesians is, uh, like you said, 
there's different books in the Bible that just have a uh, uh, a stamp of hey, you want to understand something, this is a good place to start. Um, you know, for instance, Romans. You want to understand mm. our plight, what we are before Christ, and how we come to Christ and salvation, and 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 all that that, that goes with that. Romans is a great book to go to if you want to understand uh, how to deal with issues within the church. Uh, problems within the church. First and Second Corinthians is the place you go to. Uh, but if you want to understand the church, if you want to understand what the uh, uh, what God intended, and when we say the church, we got to be careful with that word a little bit, uh, because sometimes we have a habit of taking that word and just applying it to the here and now, what we see when we go to a place. Mm-hmm. The issue with that is uh, the word church biblically uh, is is an assembly. And where that assembly takes place can be in many different thing areas. Okay, uh, the Jews uh, when they uh, uh, were in the the wilderness assembled, they were called a church in the wilderness. Acts chapter seven. Yeah. Okay. That that's not the church we're talking about in Ephesians. Um, you know, there there is a a a, a local church. There is a universal church. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, that is what the book of Ephesians. Uh, relays to us uh, in the time period we're living in now, w- how we refer to the church, if we would, uh, is is from a biblical standpoint, is we're the body of Christ. Uh, obviously, the Jews were not the body of Christ. We are. We're the body of Christ. There are different promises. There are different uh, spiritual blessings. There are different inheritances, things that matter, that uh, are given to the body of Christ. Uh, that weren't given uh, to the the Jew uh, in the Old Testament and won't be given to uh, anybody during the tribulation period. We're living in a period of time that the book of Ephesians calls the dispensation of grace. Uh, So uh, we want to make sure we understand that um, uh, what the church is, first of all. Uh, And I think the other thing that is so uh, important about the book of Ephesians is, uh, number one, when you take the book uh, for face value and you just read what it actually says, uh, and I think we're going to probably dig into a little of that even in the course of these uh, episodes, certainly on Sundays we will, um, you know, what you realize is that, man, if you really want to understand how the church operates in this dispensation that we're living in right now, uh, this is the place you go. You go to Ephesians. If you want to understand some major doctrinal issues that are going on in the church, they get solved in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians will will lay it out. Uh, if you want to understand the order of the church, which, by the way, if there is an order of the church, that must mean there must be a local church. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. You go to the book of Ephesians. Uh, if you want to understand how the church relates and how the church is, uh, is uh, and, and the people of the church. Uh, number one, if you want to understand how they get into it, mm-hmm. uh, Ephesians is a good place to go. It gives you the, the beginning uh, roadblocks to that. <clears throat> if you want to understand uh, how the church relates to Christ, because we're called the body of Christ, uh, the book of Ephesians is where you go because it talks about how it it's reflective of the husband and wife. Uh, marriage is reflective to Christ in the church. If you want to understand how we protect ourselves from all the junk out there. Well, the whole armor of God is in the book of Ephesians. Um, the book of Ephesians just helps us wrap our brain around what this church should actually look like. 
Unfortunately, I think what's happened today uh, in, 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 in many churches, uh, because they, uh, I'm just going to be honest, because they fail to rightly divide the Word of God, mm-hmm. when they look at uh, you know uh, what a New Testament church looks like, uh, unfortunately, they go back to Acts chapter 2. And that's where they start to base their their New Testament church ideology. Uh, the problem is Acts chapter two has nothing to do <clears throat> with the dispensation of grace. It's before the dispensation of grace uh, took hold. We're going to learn that in the book of Ephesians. Um, so, for those reasons uh, and and many more, which I'm sure we'll discuss as we go, uh, this book is paramount. Um, you know. In so many different ways, uh, you know. Unfortunately, the other thing that I think that uh, we need to make sure that we're probably not going to be able to get into a lot uh, in our in our studies here, uh, but certainly, again, we'll do them on Sundays. Is it's it's, it's very important to note number one <clears throat> how much uh, New Testament writings uh, give themselves over to this place, Ephesus. Why, you know, God could have revealed this mystery to any uh, church in that New Testament time period. Why did he pick Ephesus? Why was this book written to the Ephesians? Why did Jesus, in writing his seven letters to Revelation, why did he write his first letter to Ephesus? Why did Paul uh, write two letters to the pastor of Ephesus, Timothy? Why in Acts chapter uh, 16, 19, and 20 uh, are those chapters, uh, especially 19 and 20, uh, almost wholly given to what took place in, in Ephesus? Um, you know, there's something to all of that, and we need to make sure we pay attention to it. Uh, God is laying down the basis of what this church is supposed to look like, uh, not based on man's vision of church, but on God's vision of what the church is, he, mm. this is his. This is his <clears throat> deal. This was something he formulated from the before the foundation of the earth. Mm-hmm. By the way, before the foundation of the earth, and when it was time for him to to reveal this thing, uh, which by the way he doesn't reveal this thing until Paul. Hence the reason why there's no way Acts two can be our basis. Mm. Paul wasn't even wasn't wasn't an apostle yet. Uh, so uh, yeah, for all these reasons. Uh, uh, this is a paramount book, and, and, and unfortunately, uh, I've listened to a lot of messages on the book of Ephesians. I've listened to a lot of people talk about the book of Ephesians. I've listened to a lot of uh, commentary on the book of Ephesians. And again, not, not, not trying to, to, to make the, the statement that I think I'm smarter than anybody else, because I'm surely not. But, man, when you compare what they're saying to the book of Ephesians, which is the parameter— that that is the truth right there. Uh, what they're saying doesn't line up, mm-hmm. and it's just not it's not working. And uh, probably one of the biggest reasons why we have so many uh, false understandings of what the church, what the pastor, what the local assembly is supposed to look like today. Yeah, that is um, really, I think, a well laid out case as to why um, we're even doing this series at church and why we're doing these episodes here. And I want to go back to something that you you mentioned just a moment ago. Um, you, you alluded to the to the reality that um, there is so much chaos in the church today, as far as uh, the church's our understanding of what our purpose is, why we do what we do, 
how we do it. And not only that, but the fact that there's a right way to do it, the biblical way, God's way, and there's a wrong way, which is man's way. And a lot of times I think we use our own um, criteria to determine success. And oftentimes that is numbers or comparisons to other churches that are bigger than ours or you know whatever it might be. And we fail to uh, march to the beat of the drum of the book and, and determine success by what he says that we are mm-hmm. supposed to be as the church. Um, and, and as opposed to what I think most do is really just adopt the strategies of the world. Mm. You know, at really church growth today has become marketing strategies. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Um, and you see that in a lot of large churches. You know, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll claim the word of God at the pulpit. But just start looking at what they're doing behind the scenes, if you are privy enough to know or even care enough to know what they're doing behind the scenes, and you realize really all they're really worried about is building their own kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, for our listeners, uh, of course, you know, we're not saying that, you know, any and every large church sure. is, is, is like that. Um, it can, most are. You can be a large <laughs> church and not be like that. Uh, you can be a small church and be like that. Sure. Uh, but just... It, in because the, the the day we're living in, for that reason alone, um, in Laodicea, um, you just you don't have to look very far to see that most are um, adopting the the strategies of the world and the bells and whistles that appeal to the senses um, in order to do church. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot that I see in the church today that I don't see in the Word of God, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, which should not be. It really is amazing, you know, when you take a look at what you were just saying, and God gives gives us the blueprint for what it is that we need to look at to know what it is we're supposed to be, how to do it, how, you know, and all that. I mean, you, it's the same thing happens with pastors, right? I mean, they have pastor search committees that, that churches will, will put together to try and find their next pastor. Well, first of all, you should be looking from within, your body, and that means that if you were doing it right as the church is supposed to, you would have raised up the next, you know, pastor and pastors of the church. But you're going someplace else to look for it with, a, like you said, a pastor Robert, a different criteria. Well, just take a look at the pastoral epistles. I mean, in First Timothy, Second Timothy, it's laid out there yeah. in black and white, plain as day. This is the requirements of, of a pastor. This is what you should be looking for. Ephesians. This is what the church is. This is what you're supposed to be like. Here's your blueprint. I mean. He did the same thing in the Old Testament with Moses. He gave him the blueprint for the tabernacle. That This is the blueprint. This is how it's supposed to look. This is how it's supposed to be. God does that. He gives us the blueprints for how we're supposed to do things, conduct ourselves, what we're supposed to, what's expected of us, how to do it. He gives it. He gives lists. Paul loves lists. He gives lists all the time. All the time. All the time about do this, don't do that. That's pretty black and white, really. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, you take a look at what's going on out there in these churches, and it looks completely different. Completely different, and it just amazes me that it, how can this be if we would just get back to what it says and just do what it says, all that goes away. Well, and the worst part is is that if you are the one that's, if you even have enough guts to stand up and go, wait a minute, man, that ain't right, yeah. all of a sudden you're the bad guy. Right. You're it's, the bad it's flipped. guy. flipped, yeah. It's I'm flipped. going, wait a minute, man. You know, and we, we one of the biggest things, and we're going to see this as we jump into Ephesians, uh, I'm going to guess, Chris, you're going to, you're going to probably hit some words that uh, are used in chapter one. You know, one of the, one of the other big problems that we have here, guys, is that, and what people need, need to really recognize uh, as we move into Ephesians, but even as a whole in the Bible, uh, words don't mean the same things to right. different people. We put different definitions on different words. Mm-hmm. And just because we're saying the same words, doesn't mean that's the same definition mm-hmm. 
quote unquote biblically that it, you know Satan is subtle. He's going to use the same words we use, and he's going to just be subtle about how to. And, and listen, you know, Chris, you're right. Paul lays out all kinds of lists, and I just got to. I'm just asking the question. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong. But if if, if God lays down a pattern, and we go to the left or to the right of that pattern, even mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. are we still following God? Nope. You know, because God's very black and white in His book. I mean, he sure seems to be like that. That's true. And I don't think we had the luxury of going to the mm-hmm. left or right, even a little bit. Right. Because if you go to the left just a little bit, you go to the right a little, just a little bit. Paul says something about that leaven thing. Mm-hmm. And what does leaven do? Mm-hmm. It, you start down the wrong path just a little bit. And before you know it, you're going to be so far off the actual path that you didn't know how you got there. And... Or that you don't even know that you are there. Mm-hmm. That's the scariest part. It happens quick. The scariest part is when people actually think they're doing what they're supposed to be doing right. when, no, you're not. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is this is God's uh, building, if you will, the church. And, and if you're not doing it the way he's outlined it and in the order in which he's outlining, like you said, if you're just off just a little bit, he's not going to bless it. Yeah. You know? It, it, or, or, or or they're going to be blessed, and then they're going to yeah. think that those blessings are coming from God. Coming from actually, those else. blessings are coming that, from somebody else, right? Who also has a hand in mm-hmm. the church, which we better be careful of. Yeah, F- funny we're talking about blessings as we yeah. begin the first Why don't we chapter. Jump in. Let's yeah. jump in. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> great. Sounds great. So yeah. So so on that, Chris. Um, you know, let's let's look at uh, with with our time here. Um, you know, the first couple chapters of of Ephesians, and uh, you know, kind of like what I. Was asking Pastor Frank, you know, I would ask you, um, you know, let's just of course start with chapter one, and and um, you know, what are some things that if if someone's listening, uh, whether they are versed, no pun intended, well versed in the Word of God, and maybe you know an astute uh, student of it, or you know maybe a new Christian and they don't know much about it, um, just what are some things you know across the board uh, that that we as Bible believers. Um, can uh, really take away from from Ephesians chapter one, mm. um, and kind of just the the, the 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 gist, I guess, of of the chapter and what God's communicating to us through it. Right. Yeah, and it's a big one too. I mean, Paul comes out of the gate with this one, and the first couple of chapters really. And it's like you were saying, Pastor Frank. You know, if you just if we take this epistle for what it is, he really does hammer home uh, some key doctrines uh, in in chapter one and in chapter two. But, you know, when he starts outlining this epistle at first, he, he's, he's going through. And I think what I'd like to do is maybe let the conversation flow. But within the first uh, 14 verses, there's a, there's a couple of things that I'd like to discuss. And first is that, okay, we, there's these spiritual blessings that, that he gives. All right. So if you take a look at verse 3 in Ephesians in chapter 1, and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And so right out of the gate, he starts talking about these blessings. And they are what kind of blessings? They're spiritual blessings. Mm-hmm. Now notice, and this is just a little nugget, I guess. You can do what you want with this. But in that, that particular verse, he says the word blessed or blessing three times. I don't know if that's a, a big deal or not, but I always see things like that, and I like numbers, and God's a God of numbers, and I think to myself three times, the Trinity, and it just so happens that in the following verses up to verse 14, these spiritual blessings are kind of broken up in, into um, threes, and all three of the Trinity are involved in them. 
And so the first thing we need to know is, okay, he's about to give us these blessings, and they're a particular type of blessing. They're spiritual blessings, and they are in a particular place, in heavenly places in Christ. All right? So all three of the Trinity are going to be involved in this. These blessings are given to, who's he talking to? The church. This epistle is all about the church. Um, and he says he gives, a, it gives us with all spiritual blessings, nothing held back. So one of the main things I want us to point out is that as we get into these blessings, just uh, an overview of them, they are spiritual. They are spiritual blessings. They are not physical blessings. And I think that's really important. It's very important. Because, you know, we've talked about the kingdom of God and the kingdom yes. of heaven, you know, around this table. And those episodes are archived for our listeners. Um, but, you know, th- that's just so much in that because... You know, we've had these conversations in our men's ministry recently at church and, and you know, just with us here, um, but with the things going on, you know, around the world, but even just in our country uh, politically and with um, the virus and uh, just all these different things that are unraveling, you know, civil unrest, you know, it, it, it's very tempting for us, even as Christians, to get so lost and wrapped up in those things um, and, and, you know, we we uh, we bleed the red, white, and blue, and you know we're we're th- we're on the left or we're on the right, and and those that don't agree with us, well they're 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 stupid, and you know all this stuff, mm-hmm. but we're not called to a physical kingdom, right? That's the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. We're, we're called to seek ye first the kingdom of God, right, and His righteousness. Talk about that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so um, just I think to your point, the emphasis there in the first part, chapter one, there. Spiritual blessings, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and does that mean, um, or excuse me, does 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 the fact that the spiritual blessings that were promised, does that mean that we're not blessed physically? No, we are. But when you look at the scriptures, how are we blessed primarily, mm-hmm. and where is God's heart, mm-hmm. and that should be reflected in our prayers as Absolutely. well, Absolutely. And, and our desires, and our our efforts in ministry, and you know all those things. So, I mean, it's well, and and there's a difference. I think this is seriously lost in, in, in the church house today. People really get a really bad understanding of this. But there is a difference between spiritual gifts and talents. And what spiritual gifts and what talents actually do. Uh, a lot of people think, and when we're talking talents, because talents is a physical gift. We all have physical talents. Uh, you know, Chris, you can sing. Uh, I've been know, told we, so. You know, we we, we we can we can pick up a guitar and play mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Sure. You know, we can run. Athletes have right. have talents that maybe uh, others do not. Listen, those those physical talents, uh, you know, they weren't meant to bless us. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. God gave those talents to bless Him and His church. Amen. That's what those talents are given for, and what we use those talents for actually matters. Mm-hmm. Now. Does that mean that those talents are going to provide us um, uh, 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 inheritances and crowns and things like that if we use them for God? Uh, Not necessarily, no. They were meant to uh, edify the church. Mm. That's what they were meant to do. And praise God and... Right. Sure. Yeah, that's what they were meant to do. You, you don't earn a crown just because you pick up a guitar and play. That's just not the way it works. Um, those talents are meant to edify the, the church, which in in response brings the purpose of the church, glory to God. Mm-hmm. 
people people just don't understand the difference between spiritual blessings and, and the other. And, and let me talk about spiritual blessings for just a second. And I know you're about to get into it, so you're going to probably hammer this a little bit. But listen, spiritual blessings are given to everybody. Mm-hmm. Chris didn't get one, and Robert got two other ones, and I got the third one. And that's not the way it works. Well, I mean, if you just read <laughs> yeah. verse three, he's talking to the church. He's addressing mm-hmm. the church as a whole. There you go. And he says he's given these spiritual blessings, all of them, by the way, to the church. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the church. It's everybody. But but you know you have people <laughs> that run around going, "Well, I have this. I have this gift. Well, I have this yeah, gift. Well, I have this." Start gift. misinterpreting what that well, really is. Okay, good. Well, well, good. I'm glad you have that <laughs> gift, but so do I. If, if it's biblical, I got it too. Right. So there you go. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so Chris, what would you say is the the implication of that? If we're all in the body of Christ, if we're all given spiritual gifts, then what does that mean for us as Christians? What is the implication there? Because a lot of times I hear people, you know, we adopt the mindset that, oh, well, I can't do this, so I'll let someone else do it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's you know, we get bench warming Christians. Sure, you know, well. well and Chris, before you jump in there, I might I might say it like this, Robert. You said, "What are the implications?" And I think that's a good question, but maybe even more to the point. Not only are what are the implications, but why did God give them to us? Mm-hmm. He didn't just give them to us just to be like, "Hey, this is a good idea. This will be fun. Mm-hmm. Here you go." No, no, He gave us these spiritual blessings. So, what are the implications, and why were they given to us? Will there be an answer to that? Mm. I think there will be. I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we are going to be facing a judgment, and the implication is it kind of kind of like what you just uh, said, Pastor Robert, is that people adapt to this this uh, attitude of, well, I I can't do this, I can do that. So and so is better at this, and so is better than that. And talents and gifts and mis- misinterpreting them and mixing them all up, and and and. Because the purpose of them all is to glorify God, is to bring God glory, is to, like you said, edify the church. And when we when we come to any of this and, and misinterpret it and think differently than what God has actually outlined it, we we don't understand. It's it's a misunderstanding of what they are and what the purpose of them are. And then we end up not being what we're called to be and doing what we're called to do. And you just you get that's when you get off to the left and you get off to the right. It, it's it's a misunderstanding, and so you become an unproductive Christian. You know, you're not you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, and therefore God's not getting the glory. In the end, what's probably happening is you're, you're glorifying yourself. I mean, automatically, it's kind of a default mm-hmm. um, because you just don't. It's just a lack of understanding. So the implication is is that the body of Christ is hurt. I mean, it's not functioning properly because you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you don't understand it, and you're 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 yeah. all over the place. You're not. You know, you don't you don't get it. Yeah, or you go to the other extreme and you become prideful in your gifts. Oh yeah, you know, and and think that you're just, you know, better than you know, best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And and now you've lost sight of why you even have those those gifts in the first place. And and then your talents. Excuse me, talents. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was listening to you, but not really apparently. Well, no, <laughs> but, but uh, listen, I do it all the time yeah. too. It's yeah. just isn't it funny how this mm-hmm. stuff has been so ingrained in mm-hmm. our brains that yeah. even when we mentally know it's wrong yeah. we still say them anyways yeah. just because we've been trained to say and, it. and well then let me ask this then can you can you adopt that same mindset and maybe this is why i was on that wavelength can you adopt that mindset that we're talking about with spiritual gifts meaning like you know we, we all have them but so i i can even though you know the bible says that uh, god has given them to his church i could still 
take something. For example, I preach and I'm a pastor, and I could take that 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 um, that 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 calling, I guess, and that gifting, and then get boastful in it. I suppose. Oh no doubt. Right. And, and, and Robert, I would say this. You know, that's another thing I think we got a little bit wrong. Uh, I think every man of every man of God has the calling of pastorship. So be careful. We got to be careful with that. You know, oh, God called me to be a pastor. Well, did he? So what, what happened? When, he, when God called you to be a pastor, did he just all of a sudden give you the ability to understand all his book? Is that how that went down? No. Your, your elevation to pastor was because you gave yourself to the word and you learned because that is the pri- criteria of a pastor, right? Not to be a novice. I think everybody has the ability to have some sort of pastorship. You know, that, I think that's where we're losing in the church today. We just think that God calls us to do things. Well, God calls us all to do the same things. So by now, pastorship, you mean in different like contexts sure. as far as discipleship, a husband with a wife, et cetera, Absolutely. et cetera? A, a leader. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, no questions asked. I think we just have taken a lot of these words and a lot of these ideas, and we have pre- presupposed them into the Bible. And, but that's not what the Bible says. It's just not. Mm -hmm. And either the Bible's the the word of God and the final authority, or it's not. We got to stop. You know, you just said it on Thursday night. I heard you say it. We got to, our boy over there on Mount Carmel, quit, quit. Elijah. Quit, quit. Choose one or the other. Come on. Uh, If God be God, then follow him. mm -hmm. If he's not, then don't. Mm -hmm. But Quit choosing between two opinions mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if God's word says it, then follow it. If not, yeah. then don't. It's funny because it really is a simple prescription. We, we really muddy is. the waters. Like, okay, for example, what we're talking about now, talents, gifts, and blessings. Three different things. Mm-hmm. But we, we just interweave all of it together. Everyone jumps to 1 Corinthians 12 and yeah. they think they all of a sudden, they, all, they know what spiritual gifts is all about. Okay, first of all, the whole entire thing is misunderstood and oh, that's gifts. These are blessings. It's yeah. something that God has actually bestowed upon his church. Yeah. These are things that I have, boom, this is for the church. Why don't we talk about them? Yeah. <laughs> we, we've really been kind of skating this for a while. People <laughs> are probably going, why are you ever going to talk about them? Everybody's <laughs> just sitting there like, what's going on here? Okay, well, so they're broken up into three different uh, categories. Um, three that refer to the from the Father, the Son, and, and, and to um, the Holy Spirit. And so in verse 4, he talks about, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. And again, pay attention to these pronouns, us and we, us and we. They will become very important as we get into this doctrinal mm-hmm. issue we're going to discuss, mm-hmm. hopefully, before this episode is done. So he says, he has a, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So these first three are going to be in reference to the Father, God the Father. He chose us in Christ, okay, in verse 4. And then in verse 5, it says, having predestinated, and there's a big word, keep that one in your uh, in the front of your mind, because we're going to talk about that, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So we have been adopted. He has adopted us as children there in verse 5. And then in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So we are accepted, he's accepted us in Christ as well. All three of these in reference uh, to the Father and what he has done. And so again, pay close attention to these pronouns, us and we, because God uses these to tell the church that he has predestinated or predestined, that's a big word, this thing of the church before the foundation of the world. That's something that's been done since before anything, okay? This was something he had purposed to do. 
And it's the church is not, like you said earlier, Pastor Frank, it's not a building that we meet in, a, a physical place. It's about the people. It, it is not an organization. It is an organism. Okay, it's a living thing that God has bestowed these particular spiritual blessings upon. And so when you go to verse 7, now we start to see the three that, uh, blessings that are attributed to the Son. In verse 7 there, it says, In whom we, again, there's that pronoun, have redemption, and there's a word that gets misapplied as well, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So we have redemption through, obviously, Jesus, the blood of Christ. And then in verse 8, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. He has abounded toward us all wisdom and prudence. That is the next one that is attributed to the Son. And then in verse 11, if you jump down there, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. We could spend a whole entire time talking about what that really is. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. He gave us an inheritance. These are the things that are attributed to God the Son, Jesus. Redemption abounded toward us and given us an inheritance. Jesus did all these things through his sacrifice on that cross in his blood. These are the things that he has done. And then you have the next three, which are attributed to the Holy Spirit. And so if you go down in verse 13, it says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And we'll just go ahead and read verse 14 there, which is the earnest of our inheritance, unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Man, those two verses right there, we could just tear those apart and just dig deep into those things. Mm -hmm. But these three are clearly uh, given to us uh, in reference to the Holy Spirit. He reveals to us, what is it that he's revealed? He's that that gospel. Uh, Seals us. Boy, that's important. That's going to be relevant in the next chapter. And the earnest of our inheritance is given by by the Holy Spirit. He reveals and seals the earnest of of the inheritance or pledge of our inheritance in Christ, ensuring our salvation as eternal. And these blessings, of course, as you go back to verse 3 that sets up the stage here, are in heavenly places in Christ where we are already seated. So there are uh, nine, broken into three groups, nine of them all together. Uh, spiritual blessings that God has bestowed upon his church. Uh, And he's clearly, in the first 12 verses, speaking to the church as a whole, as he addresses the church, us, we, us, we. The whole church gets all of these spiritual blessings. This is something that's just, here you go, it's given. You don't have to earn any of this stuff. It's given to the church by God, and he does it in those three ways, through the Father, through the Son, and through the Holy Ghost. And when you look at um, the, the number there, there's nine of them. Nine is a number of fruit-bearing, right? You go to Galatians, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. No law against any of that. It's interesting that he gives us these nine blessings, and then it it kind of goes into what fruit-bearing is all about. We talked about uh, gifts. You know, it's amazing. You can see the connection that that all these have with one another. He's given us these blessings to give us the ability to do something. that will bring him glory, which is what the purpose of the church is. And so uh, it's a very important for us to understand that this is something that isn't earned. God gave it. He, this thing of the church, he predestined, he chose it beforehand and had it planned before at the foundations of the world that he was going to do this. And this was what he was going to give to the church. And again, the importance of this is that it is spiritual. Now, Pastor Robert, you were talking about how we've definitely got the episodes archived, but 
it just constantly keeps coming back, and it should keep coming back, this whole uh, explanation of, of us understanding as the church the importance of making sure that we are all f- that we're focused on the spiritual and not the physical. Mm-hmm. And you started hitting on that. And, and these blessings are spiritual. They're in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, given to the church. And the church is supposed to be focused on the spiritual kingdom, the kingdom of God, because that's what we're all about. We're not of this world, and, the, and our kingdom, the kingdom is, is a, a spiritual kingdom, and we allow ourselves far too often to focus on the physical, um, the physical realm of, of, of the world in which we live, and, it, and it's easy. It happens to all of us. It happens to me, too, but if we're going to understand what Paul's really starting to outline here in this epistle that has everything to do with the church, that he's, he's hammering home the idea that, look, church, this is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual uh, entity or organism, and it's supposed to be focused on the spiritual kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world, not the kingdom of heaven. These are different things. And so he, right out of the gate, just given in these spiritual blessings, he's, he's pointing us in the direction, spiritual, y'all. This whole thing is spiritual. Focus on that right from the get-go. Church, spiritual. Isn't it I mean, interesting at the end of the chapter when he does a prayer? <laughs> All of his prayers were spiritual, <laughs> but people like to twist those and make them something else too. But I just want to hammer home, and then we'll jump into this next uh, doctrine. Or let you guys talk and, and add your thoughts here. But and you were just uh, you were hammering on it earlier, uh, Pastor Robert. I want to focus our attention back to understanding why the spiritual is important. Because, and interestingly enough, he tucks this little nugget into Matthew chapter six: the importance of the spiritual. These blessings that are that they're spiritual, and you read Matthew chapter six. I'm just going to hit verses 31 through 34. Uh, Jesus is talking. He says, "Therefore, take no thought, saying, What you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or whither withal shall you be clothed. So, what are those things? Physical. They're physical things. He says, Take no thought for those things. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek the physical things. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things." And then he goes right in this verse. We love this verse. But seek ye first, not second, not last, but first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what things? Those physical things that the Father knows that you have need of will be added unto you. So while we take that equation and we flip it, Remember, we're the church. We've gotten these spiritual blessings bestowed upon us. We're supposed to focus on the spiritual. What we do is we flip that and we focus on the physical. We live our lives just attaining physical everything. And there's nothing wrong with having things and working for that and earning money and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing. But the question we always ask is, do your does your your stuff have you? And that's really what ends up happening. We live in this t- thing called time. It's a physical realm, and we're just so bombarded by it that even as the church, we allow it to. Uh, take our focus off of what it is that, that we're supposed to be. And God says, look, don't take thought for those things. Remember, you're the church. This is all spiritual. And Paul starts pointing that out. Focus on that first, the kingdom of God first. And all those things that, that God knows you have need of will be added unto you. In other words, if we're doing what we're supposed to do, and we're using our gifts and our talents correctly, and we're understanding what these blessings are and what the church is, and we're really living out what God has said, we're doing it according to his plan, according to his outline, and we're focused on the kingdom of God and the spiritual the rest is going to take care of itself because God's given us the ability to do what we need to do, and and it's going to happen. I, I don't know anybody in this room, nor do I know anybody who has who goes without. You know, I have clothes on my back, I have a roof over my head. Obviously, not everybody has that, but when you're focused on what you're supposed to be as the church, as a Christian, that stuff's going to end up working itself out because God has promised it. 
But that's the problem. We don't do that. We don't focus on the right things. We don't put seek ye first the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is all about the spiritual, not the physical. Uh, the dispensation of grace, which we're going to end up talking about through this uh, this time, where we're going in Ephesians, is the church. It's not about a physical place. It's a it's a spiritual organism. Our blessings in this dispensation are not to be focused on on the present physical world, but the future spiritual kingdom fulfillment in, in, in Christ in heaven, which is where those spiritual blessings, Paul tells us in Ephesians 1, 3, uh, reside. So, and in, God tells us all the time, don't put your treasures here on earth, but where? In heaven. Think on these, think, think on heavenly things. Have our, our minds Colossians all about, 3. yeah, I mean, scripture after scripture just pops into your mind is that time and time again as the church and church epistles, that's where they're written. We're supposed to be focused on the eternal, the spiritual, the heavenly, not the things of the earth. And you were hitting on it, I think, a little bit earlier. That probably takes uh, one of its biggest manifestations uh, in our prayer life. We're constantly focused on physical mm-hmm. prayers. And, you know, it's easy to do that, and I get it. You know, we don't, we don't like to see our loved ones suffer. We're talking about Pastor Trotter, and he's going through it right now. But when we pray for physical things, how do we know we're not praying somebody out of something, not trying to pray somebody out of something God's trying to get them through? Yeah. And so we, we just, I, I love this person and I want them to be healthy physically and I don't want them to, it's selfish. Mm-hmm. And we're focused on this temporal life more than we are our future eternity in heaven, which is the spiritual. And so our prayer life oh, gets, Paul has takes a huge hit. Paul has about that in Romans 8. Mm-hmm. He tells us, you know, the, the spirit prays for us because we don't know what to pray for. <laughs> Why would, why would that be? Right. That doesn't even make any sense unless we go, oh, wait a minute, maybe we're not praying for the right things. Mm. <laughs> I think, uh, is it James when he talks about it? You, you ask and you ask amiss mm-hmm. that you consume it upon your own lust. That's what we do right. all the time. And we think we're, it's innocent. You know, I'm, well, I'm just praying for my, my loved one. They're, not, they're, they're sick. What about their spiritual state? Are they on their way to hell? How about we pray for that? Instead of, yeah. I hope their cold is better tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, so that that infiltrates into our prayer life in a major way. We need to be as a church focused on the spiritual. And again, right out of chap- right out of the gate in chapter one, Paul hammers that idea home. Church, it's spiritual. These are spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Mm. And and for those you know listening, um, you know maybe this is you know the first time that you've uh, and we, we've talked about these things, physical versus spiritual, here at the revealing. Uh, but really, we're, we're camping out here on this conversation, and, and I want to draw something, uh, draw to your attention. You know, Matthew chapter six and verses thirty-three and thirty-four. Preceding those verses, he's uh, Jesus is talking about the physical things of life, mm-hmm. and then he says in verse thirty-three, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God." And, and as Chris just made point, that um, you know we often reverse those and we seek second at best the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. So what should be first is our seeking of the kingdom of God, um, which means if there's a first, there's got to be a second and then, you know, on. So we're just so our listeners understand, you know, we're not saying, hey, you can never pray for physical things. We're saying or asking what pr- predominantly occupies your heart, your mind, and your prayer life. Um, because, you know, I have, we mentioned Pastor Trotter, I prayed for his physical health. I prayed for his doctors. I 
I know he's saved. I prayed for his family spiritually. I prayed for him to be encouraged spiritually, 100%. But, and I've even said to the Lord, maybe this is selfish of me, but I want him around a little bit longer. So I'm asking for him, for you to allow that to happen, you know, to keep us. And that's, in essence, a physical request. If my daughter comes down with cancer, um, you better believe I'm going to be praying for her physically. Sure. However, I will do so knowing that my uh, my prayers are going to be focused primarily on Lord. Don't like you said, and that's a good point. Don't let me miss what you're doing in my life through this. Don't let me miss how you're growing my wife and I through this trial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, use this for your glory. Um, use this for her good and for our good. And, and those are spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And, and so, just for those listening. You know, don't write us or and don't boycott us saying, "Hey, these guys said you can't ever pray for anything physical." No, I thank the Lord for my food, and that's physical. Mm-hmm. You know, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He promises that these things, like you said, will be added unto us. You know, and Robert, I think what you're saying right now is such an important thing because you know, unfortunately, what happens is, especially in our world today, because we have so many people with so many opinions. Unfortunately, and and I'm one of them, right? Well, sure. You know, unfortunately, what happens is when you say something, everybody who doesn't agree with what you just said <laughs> all of a sudden goes to the extreme opposite of what you just said. Mm. It's like, well, wait a minute. I didn't say don't do that. What I said was, <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, yeah. this is what we should be focused yeah, on. I didn't focus. say don't pray for physical things. Correct. What I said was, yeah. but we should be seeking the spiritual first. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But, but that's what people do. Because people hear they what they, they want to hear, hear, they want to hear. not what you said. They're not hearing what you actually so, said. And yeah, I in just, our ministry, we've seen that a lot. Yeah, because you challenge their their thinking. Exactly. And yeah. People and don't like don't that. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't challenge God my thinking. God forbid that you might be wrong about something, right? <laughs> not my opinions. Those are, those are precious. <laughs> Listen, I've come to those places in my life many a time and still to this day, but Same it's here. a difference in being humble or being proud. If sure. I'm humble enough to realize, man, I really did have that wrong. Do you know how many times Mark Trotter has made put me in my place? <laughs> On a daily. I'm like, dang it. I thought I really understood that. Nope. Trotter, yeah. thanks, man. I'm not calling up Trotter going, you jerk. I can't believe you said No. Uh, he'll I'm tell you the same he thing. He, he's showing the Bible. He's proving what he's saying is right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, hey, man, mm. at the end of the day, I've got to realize that my flesh mm. dwells mm. no good thing. Yeah. yeah. And I am going yeah. to be bent towards, yeah. obviously, the, the, the realm of anger, yeah. being mad, whatever. I'm bent towards that. Mm. I've got to step up and, and, and understand that I'm a Christian. Christ is in me. And if if what this person is saying lines up with the word of God, what am I going to do? Right. You know, mm. So, Chris, I want to jump here real quick. A couple things you were talking about there in the beginning about these spiritual blessings. Okay. Just out of curiosity, what was chosen? Because there's a big mm. word there, right? You know, People, people right. are going to go, well, you know, see, God chooses Different people to salvation, but but what was chosen? Just out of curiosity. Okay, well that that gets into this doctrine of, of predestination, if mm-hmm. you will, to be that God chooses things again, and that's why I said point out, pay attention to those pronouns because what it is that He chose was the church as a whole. It was not to be what because it tells us right there in the verse what was chosen. It's, it's crazy to me how people just don't read what it says that we should be holy and without blame. That's before what him was chosen. That it doesn't say. Robert, you were chosen to go to heaven, mm-hmm. and and Chris, you were t- no. What was chosen was that we, the church, would be holy and without blame in love. Mm-hmm. That's what was chosen. What what was predestined? 
Mm-hmm. Well, you were predestined to heaven, and mm-hmm. I was not predestined. Is, yeah. is that what no, it says? No. Nope. What Us was we, predestined? The church. Verse well, what does it say? Read it. Verse 5. What was predestined? Well, us, as in the church, the unto the adoption of children. Mm-hmm. That's by, what was predestined. By Jesus Christ. Yeah. What was predestined was that we would be adopted, adopted. as mm-hmm. children into his family. Yes. That, it, that does not say, Robert, you were adopted, and, and Chris, you weren't. It does not what it, that's not what that says. Mm-hmm. Or, well, or this God goes, chose you and God chose... That's right. not what it says. This goes back to your point about how we could say the same words, but we, we mean different things. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we need to get to what the Bible means when it says these words. Yeah. And so, you know, when the Calvinists will say um, we're predestinated, yep. um, and then uh, a non—I'm not going to say an Arminius. I'll just say a non-Calvinist because I'm a non-Calvinist, but I'm neither a Calvinist nor an Arminius. Yeah, I um, but when a non-Calvinist says it, it means something different than a, same as depravity, total sure. depravity. You know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to—we think we're talking apples and apples, but you know, unless we get around the book and, and clarify, then oftentimes we're—and that's where deception comes from. Sure. Okay. You know, so oh, I believe in I believe we're depraved, and I must be a Calvinist kind of a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And oh, we are predestined. You're right. So you know, maybe God does decide who goes to heaven. It's who dangerous. Goes to hell and, yeah. Sure, sure. Well, and and again, my point that I was trying to make there was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oftentimes we insert definitions into something that God gave us a definition for. So why are we inserting our definition? Or, or you'll you could even t- by chance take the right definition but apply it wrong, uh, which no is what's doubt. happening here. No doubt. I mean, no and it becomes a, a deadly doctrine, if you will, mm-hmm. eternally speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's clear, and, and this is just, I mean, I don't get it. I really don't. Us and we, us and we, it's its its rudimentary. Yeah. It's the, ch- he's addressing the church as a whole right out of the, right out of the gate. He doesn't, he doesn't even get to the you till verse right. 13. So then that's the, that's the key right now. That's the takeaway here is that uh, verses one through 12, mm-hmm. it's us, we, us, we, us, we. When he's talking about this thing of predestination and these spiritual blessings, us, we, the church, collectively, all of the church gets uh, these blessings, and it's it's the church that God uh, predestined or chose before the foundation of the world. But then check out verse 13, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. Which, by the way, tells us what we have to do mm-hmm. to get into the we and the us. To trust that gospel for that your salvation. That has nothing to do with God. That doesn't say in whom, after God chose you. Doesn't say that. It says, mm-hmm. "In how did you get into the us and the we? Right. You had to do what? Trust in the gospel of your salvation. The word of truth. The word of truth. Right. Uh, and you need to believe. Mm-hmm. So there's a trust and there's a believe there. Um, and when you trust and when you believe, then you receive those blessings. By the way, trust, believe, receive. Right. Those are all important words that are lost in salvation today. Because when you get to verse 13, now this is this is uh, God telling us through Paul, this is how you get into this thing called the, us and the, the church, the us and the we, the thing that I have predestined. Which means as a whole. You, you have to do yes, something. There's something that God the individual, didn't choose you to do it. God right. didn't uh, predestine you to do it. You trusted into what he predestined. Mm-hmm. I mean, it Which, just seems basic it when, is, you, when you just read, read it. Right. <laughs> But this entire uh, deadly doctrine, if you will, has has come from this uh, of of the misunderstanding of what predestination is really all about. And, and can I say this? Remember what we started with when we talked about the Book of Ephesians. What what is this book? It's it's the doctrine of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So here you go. All other definitions of what these words mean start here. They have to start here. Because this is the doctrine 
of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what the book of Ephesians is. Don't go to another book now and start trying to, don't, don't go to Hebrews and start trying to prove that you can lose your salvation. No, no. It starts here. Here's where he talks about where we are, what? When we are saved, when we have trusted, we are sealed. Mm-hmm. That, that's where you go to get your doctrine of, of, of whether we're eternally secure or not. Mm-hmm. Don't go to other books and start, well, the problem, because the problem, you know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. When you go to the book of Hebrews and try to prove that you can lose your salvation, the problem is you went to the wrong book. Yeah. It wasn't even written to us. It was That's written right. to the Hebrews. Right, yeah. Or if you go to Matthew and try, well, the problem is Matthew was written to the Jews. See, go to the book that talks about, that, you know. Yeah. And that goes back to your point about going back to Acts 2 for the purpose of the church and how we mm-hmm. should, you know, do things and whatnot. So same, same point. It's, 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 it's rightly, you know, and here's a problem, Robert. Because we're failing to do what Ephesians 4 tells the pastors are supposed to be doing, hmm. because pastors aren't doing what Ephesians 4 says. That the pa- You want to know the role of the pastor? Very simple. Just go to Ephesians chapter 4. Mm-hmm. There you go. God told us what the role of the pastor in a church is. We got so many ideas of what the role of the pastor is that has nothing to do with what the role of the pastor actually is. Mm. It's, it's amazing to me. I hear it all the time from people. I'm like, listen, that's great. I'm glad you got an opinion about that. I'm just going to stick with the Word of God. I know the Word of God says my role is, and I'm just going to do that. You know, because I don't have to answer to you. Right. <laughs> I got to answer to the guy upstairs, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just the way it is, man. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 it is really yeah. uh, 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 an important thing. Yeah. And and you know the other thing is uh, uh, when you look at this, these blessings. Um, when he talks about uh, the, the blessings of Christ, I don't want to lose that either because um, some important things are being said here. Uh, again, you made mention of it, Chris, when you were talking about it. We, we don't understand what redemption is. Mm. And not understanding what redemption is is a major, major problem because this is how you get to be a part of the we and the us. You don't get the we and the us without his redemption. Mm. And his redemption was through what? His blood. His blood. Amen. Yeah. You take the blood out. You got prop. There is no forgiveness of sins right. without that. Is it was the one of the spiritual blessings that were given to us. So it was a spiritual transaction that took place through Jesus Christ, and the spiritual currency was His blood. That thing that redeemed or purchased or bought us back from that sin, which is what redemption is. We were redeemed from that by what it is that He paid with His blood. And when He paid that price with His blood. And when we trusted, as mm-hmm. verse 13 says, right. okay, when that all happened, he abounded unto us the ability to get something. And what did he abound on us to the ability to get? Inheritance. Wisdom. And wisdom, yep. Wisdom. Yep. What is wisdom? That's such a powerful, powerful word in the word of God that I don't know that many people really understand today. Mm. Uh, what is wisdom? And by the way, in Paul's prayer, he comes right out the gate and says that I pray that he may give you the spirit Mm. of wisdom. Okay. You don't just get it. Look, he's praying that Mm -hmm. you get the spirit of wisdom. This is chapter one, verse 17. Right? Yeah. He's, He's praying this. You don't just get it. And he's praying that you get the revelation in the knowledge of him and that the eyes of your understanding mm-hmm. would be enlightened. By the way, wisdom, understanding, yep. uh, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 3.15 is just jumping in my head all of a sudden. That's what a uh, pastor's supposed uh, to do. Right? Isn't that what a pastor is supposed to be doing? Yeah, amen. We aren't supposed to be making people feel good. And No, that's not the role. Pastor's role is not to go visit people while they're in the hospital. Now, will I? Absolutely. 
I don't go visit people in the hospital because I have to because I'm a pastor. I go visit them in the hospital because so should you, Chris. So should you, Robert. We all should be doing that. That's just not the pastor's role. Mm. Or the pastor's supposed to, you know, he's he's the shepherd. He's just supposed to make everybody feel good and just help people when they need it. You're right. I am going to help people when they need it spiritually. Mm. You want me to help them when they need it physically. I don't care about their physical needs. I really don't. Sorry. I'll let God take care of that. I'm worrying about their spiritual need because that's what the Bible tells me to mm-hmm. worry about. That's going to be the things that's going to have eternal consequence. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. understand? You're supposed to bring reproof, rebuke, exhort. <sighs> yeah. We got a very, very wrong idea of what uh, is supposed to be going on. And by the way, by the way, that's exactly what Jesus did. That's mm-hmm. exactly what Paul did. That's what they brought. Now, Jesus brought healing. I will buy that. But but that's because the kingdom of heaven was in focus different there. Different dispensation. It's a different dispensation. Mm-hmm. Paul, even in the beginning of his ministry, we were still going through a transition. Sure. But in the latter part of his ministry, he wasn't doing that anymore. Right. He was, by the way, Book of Ephesians was written in the latter part of his ministry, 62 AD. You had a lot of these New Testament books being uh, you know, administered. Absolutely. People just don't stop and just really consider... The, uh, the 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 order that God has laid out. And he did it so magnificently. Amen. He did it so precisely that, man, if you just stop and let the wonder of it all just take hold, we don't have... It, this is simple. It really is. But you're right, Chris. The devil's subtle. Very. And by the way, talking about why the book was written to Ephesus... We've been talking about this on Sundays. You know, the reason why I was written to Ephesus because there was a very important temple in Ephesus that was pointing to something, and 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 what God was trying to warn us of: uh, Acts eighteen, Acts nineteen, Jesus in Revelation two uh, and three to the seven churches. What He was trying to warn us of is: okay, I'm going to institute this mystery of the body of Christ, the church, which is the fullness of Christ. By the way. Those seven, those, or I'm sorry, those nine blessings, those, uh, uh, all those spiritual uh, uh, blessings that we get, uh, all the things that Paul's praying for at the end of the, that's how you get to be in the fullness of Christ. How many times we're going to see in the book of Ephesians, especially in these first couple of chapters, Paul saying, in Christ, in Christ. In Christ. You don't just get them. You get them when you're in Christ. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when in when you're in Christ and when Colossians, Christ is in you, you now will function as a good member within the body so that the fullness of Christ will be shown. And so that you can get this knowledge, this wisdom, the revelation of him uh, that Paul is talking about and towards what's the end it all, of this And chapter. what's it all for? His glory. Oh, well, okay, so let's look at it. Verse 17 and 18, I'll just read them. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. Of whose? Christ. Of the hope of, oh, the hope of what? <laughs> I want you to say it. Of his, of of his calling. Uh, Not ours, his. Oh, his calling. Yes. That's interesting. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And it's the Holy Spirit that, that's going to bring all of that to, to us. I mean, you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we talk about a lot at church. 
when we are in Christ, after verse 13 there in Ephesians chapter 1, we are now sealed by the Spirit of promise. He's going to now help us to understand and make it possible for us to understand the Word of God. First Corinthians 2, it He's talks all it about possible. that. Make it possible. Doesn't mean we just automatically we still have do. A choice, right? Okay. First Corinthians chapter one and two still apply now. Sure. <laughs> He's given us the ability to do it. Right. But if we're lazy, we can quench know, and grieve the spirit. You know how many times I've heard people say stuff like, uh, "I'm just not a reader." Well, if you're not a reader, you're not a Christian. I- I'm sorry, you're not, because that's what he got. That is what God has given you. He's given you a book. There's no other way to learn about Him. Hmm. There is no other way. He is the Well, word. I listen I listen to Pastor So and so and that's how I learned. Well, you better make sure Pastor So and so is doing the right saying sure. the right thing. Because if he ain't saying the right thing, you aren't learning about the Jesus of this book. Mm-hmm. He is the word of God. Did you hear what I just said? He is the word of God. He gave you the mind to understand this book. Mm-hmm. You're lazy. That's your problem. At best you're saved and that's it. At worst you're not. And you don't have that spirit, you're not sealed. Mm-hmm. But that's oh. what the Holy Ghost does. He and now brings you to right that here? place. After ye heard the heard. what? The what? The what word of that? truth. That, that, that's how mm-hmm. you get saved. Mm-hmm. Right? What does the James grafted say? Word the grafted word that's able to save your soul. Yeah. So, so it's not that you just were chosen to be saved before the foundation of the world and uh, someone else was chosen to be damned before the foundation of the world. It's upon hearing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. And, and ex- your response to that. Exercising your response to yeah. that. According, by, according, by according grace, to Scripture. Through faith, yeah. according to Scripture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And because that then therein lies the the problem when you start to, to dig into this whole thing of predestination. If you're going to take it the direction that the doctrine of, of the Calvinists would take it, now you, you now believe in a God who does choose some for heaven, which means that by default he chooses some for mm-hmm. hell. And that is not the God of the Bible. Yeah. He clearly says that he doesn't do that. And that it's the it's our choice whether we end up in hell. Well, the other thing I would also add to that is, and you really don't need the gospel of truth anymore. You don't need <laughs> if God chose you already. Yeah, I mean, what do you need matter. the gospel of truth for? Yeah. I mean, I would argue was really even a, a necessary means for His death on the cross. Hmm. I mean, if He chose you, He could He could what bypass matter, yeah. all that. He could. He doesn't need any of that, does he? So taking that thinking and filtering it through to its logical end and conclusion means that there's so much of the scriptures you got to take and just chuck them out the, out the door or reinterpret them to fit your, your narrative, which is, what we do. which is what people do. They take a false pretense and they build their entire doctrine on it, which means that now they have to take all the other verses and twist them and rest them, if you will, as mm-hmm. Peter said, to fit their, their narrative. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, Chris, is you know primarily, maybe fundamentally, there are, there are two uh, big takeaways from chapter one, uh, the spiritual blessings that, that we talked about, and then this idea of predestination, mm-hmm. being predestinated. Um, and, 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 you know, for non-Calvinists, you know, don't say that predestination is not biblical. It is. But our understanding of it right. needs to be biblical because there's a right and wrong understanding. So, uh, you know, I know that we said earlier that we would try to get a couple of chapters in. Uh, I think we're going to try to basically, <laughs> as we often do, we went from three to um, six. <laughs> yeah, call a make an audible, call an audible here and and maybe just devote an episode um, per chapter mm-hmm. um, because you know I, th- I think we were going into it as we often do, um, you know, with high ambi- great ambitions and high hopes and and we get talking and get comparing scripture and whatnot and you know it's all good though. So um, I think we're going to kind of go that route. Uh, any last uh, comments or, or anything from either of you gentlemen before we uh, just real quick. The- we're right in, uh, the, to the end of this, this chapter right here when everything that we just said, Paul sums it up or he says, 
we'll just uh, read the last couple of verses. And, and hath put all things under his feet, speaking of Jesus, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, talking about Jesus, which is, and he says, the body, his body, the fullness of him uh, that filleth all in all. So right at the end of that, he's te- telling us this, this thing of the church is his body. Which, by the way, tells us what we're supposed to be doing. Mm. What did Jesus do in his body? Yeah. That's, what, that, that's it. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You do anything else, you're not doing what the fullness of the church is supposed to be doing. Mm. You know, it, it's just a reality of it, man. And we just get at such a, we have gotten such a, a, an American understanding of church today. And, and I mean that in a negative way. <laughs> I do, because our, our American church is so not biblical. Nope. <laughs> and by the way, Paul warned us it was going to happen. Yep. So if we're going to even sit here and, and, and pretend like it wasn't supposed to happen, uh, yes. Yeah. He saw it. Uh, he called yeah. it. Yeah. He called it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, man, that's that's some really um, good stuff, to say the least. Uh, we do hope that this has been a blessing to you, and um, maybe you need, need or want to go back and kind of re-listen to some of this, then we hope you will um, take advantage of that as well. But uh, we'll look forward to jumping into Chapter 2 next week, and uh, we hope you will jump in with us. Until then, take care, and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.